Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our special guest, Faye Saxon Horton. Uh, and I have to tell you, today we have got such an incredible discussion in store for you because we're going to talk about the five things that are killing your sales and how to fix them. The most important thing, right? So just to give you a little background, Faye is a sales strategist. She's worked in Medicare sales for over 20 years. She owns a life insurance agency and she helps people break barriers to create consistent residual income with Medicare and final expense sales. So I also want to let you know that she is the author of three books, including our topic today, Five Things That Are Killing Your Sales. So Faye, welcome. I am so glad to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate your inviting me. And I'm actually honored that you would have me on your your platform. You are so known for the sales efforts and the sales things that you have done and the techniques that you use in the coaching. And I am just honored to be here. Thank you so much, Lynn. <laughs> well, it's a mutual admiration society. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great. And for all our listeners who are joining us for the first time, don't miss out on a single episode. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Claim your career crown wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, uh, take that extra second and click all five stars for your review and share the love. And that's what we're going to be doing with Faye today. So let's talk, Faye, about your journey to becoming a sales strategist. Actually, um, I don't think that's what I set out to be. <laughs> when I started my career, I have to say that my career has always been in insurance, but I started in group employee benefits and did, you know, made my name known in that arena, had some pretty large employer groups and some union groups as my clients, uh, and then moved into the Medicare space. And I also did the employer side for the Medicare space before I moved from Connecticut and moved to Florida and then went to work as an individual sales representative uh, for one of the three major health insurers just to sell Medicare plans. So after doing that for about five years, um, the thought came to me, it's time to either move up or move out. And at that point, I applied to become sales manager for a Medicare market for the same company and was transferred to Texas where I was sales manager and worked with captive agents and independent agents. And that's when I started to use sales strategies because you know, as an individual, you can motivate yourself or you cannot motivate yourself, but you can also dig within yourself and know the things that you need to do. But, to do that for 30 other, 30 odd, 30, 32 other people who are all unique individuals, 
you have to come up with some different ideas because not everybody thinks alike, not everybody moves alike, not everybody is going to produce alike, and no, not everyone is going to do what you ask them to do anyway. So that's when I had to start coming up with what I call sales strategies because it is actually getting someone else to a point where they need to be in order to accomplish the goals that they want to reach. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, it, it's so important, you know, as a leader, you know, to really get that knowledge shared uh, to the whole team and also have the team embrace a growth mindset so they can grow beyond their current sphere, right? And right. that they can expand um, and thrive. So that's Absolutely. really, yeah, well, that's inspiring. So, you know, let's talk about these five major things that are killing sales. Cause I mean, we're all on tenterhooks waiting to hear what you have to say. <laughs> um, what are they? And let's sort of walk through them and how we can correct them uh, and what people can take away right now today. Okay. Now there are five and I did write the book. Trust me. I did write the book. But I may not give them to you in the order that they are in the book because I don't have the book in front of me right now. <laughs> but <laughs> um, the, the five things actually means um, treating your business like a business, marketing your business, listening to what your customer needs are, uh, finding the target market where you're going to do business, make sure that you're working with the right people and committing to what you're doing with everything that you have. Just make sure that you know that you're committing to doing it. So um, I'm going to start with treating your business like a business. You know, often when we're not working for a corporation and we're entrepreneurs, we, we think we see that other entrepreneurs are successful and that's all that we see. We don't see the work behind being that success. It means that, yes, you can take vacation when you want to, but if you have not hit those goals or made the activity or created the activity to hit those goals, then no, you can't take a vacation. And no one is there to tell you that you cannot do it. So don't treat your business like it's a hobby because that's exactly what it will be. And hobbies are made to just uh, keep your mind occupied and have, you know, have a peaceful uh, existence. It's not having a hobby. It's not creating income or creating a legacy for yourself and your family. So the very first thing is treat your business like a business that can really kill your business. And the way that you go about that is to always be mindful that your business is a business and be respectful of others. That would be my first one. Yeah, no, I mean, it also makes sense on an entrepreneurial level for a sales a team because when in my early sales career, I worked for a company, but I was still like my own doing my own thing. 
You know, I pursued mm-hmm. all of my own sales and that same level of discipline that's necessary, uh, that planning, uh, uh, being mindful of not getting distracted by a shiny object or busy work, but really staying focused um, on what you need to accomplish. Those apply whether you're an entrepreneur running your own business, you know, or you're on a sales team and many salespeople are exactly that. Many entrepreneurs are not many. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I have millions of dollars of business. So, (laughs) but yeah, it's the same thing. So that's great. Let's talk about number two. Number two is your marketing. And that means that you are always telling, showing, and being the business that you are. So um, some time ago, Lynn, you might remember this, I don't know, in my early, early years of leadership training, we were always taught to have an elevator speech. Well, (laughs) yes. I mean, you don't really need that now because who's, you know, we're working by Zoom and we're virtual and we don't see that many people in elevators that often sometimes. But you do need to have a sentence, a tagline or something that tells people what you do. When someone asks you what you do, they're not looking for your life history. They're not looking to know how many children you have and when you had them and when did you go to school and where did you go to school? They just asked you a simple question. And that question is, so what is it that you do? And that my tagline is, my name is Faye and I sell Medicare plans. I mean, that's clear, simple, cut to the chase. You know exactly what I do. And then if I'm talking to an agent or someone else who's in the business that I'm going to help, then I use the words that you use in in my introduction. I'm Faye and I help other insurance professionals to grow consistent residual income. Yeah. I mean, it's simple, it's easy to understand. So market yourself with a tagline that will be memorable when someone else sees you and then you're in a room of people. And I should say right here that when we go to these networking um, conferences, it's not to pass out business cards. It's to get information, to learn who someone else is and have other people remember you. So if you want them to remember you, you have to have something that you've said that's gonna stick in their minds. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a couple of different things to your point there. So for everyone out there, so my elevator pitch is helping B2B companies move leads into a connection to close the sale in an optimized time frame. So once again, okay. it's right there in the sentence. So and yours is great too. So both of us are focused. We've niched it down. You're niching down to insurance, to Medicare, right? And I'm niching to B2B co- companies making that connection, the relationship. And then Mm -hmm. we both have, um, you know, sort of like, what are we doing? We're helping them close the sale in an optimized timeframe. You're helping them build that residual income. So we're generating new revenue streams. So those are really important aspects of that. And you're right. It needs to be something that you can just say naturally off the cuff. 
super easy. And the other thing, like when you are going to those networking events, um, I think another important part is demonstrating where the intent and, you know, when you're breaking the ice and talking with them. And I, one of the things that I do, instead of starting with who are you and what do you do? I ask, you know, if you could be any place, where would you be and who would you be with? You know, what would you be doing? And that really gets people to share something. Normally they could say, well, you know, man, I, I would go, I'd be out hiking in Yosemite with my partner right. and you're going, uh -huh. like, wow, that's really cool. And then you get them started on that. I've never been to Yosemite, but uh, where else have you hiked? Because I've been to a number of other places and, and what's your favorite part of that? You know, and you start getting them talking and sharing, you know, about who they are. And then it does come naturally uh -huh. that they're going to ask you and you can do your pitch but then you can still pivot the conversation back to them to start learning about them and learning about what, to your point, what's going on uh, in their world. Uh, right. And that really helps drive that, making that connection and that relationship. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's great. So let's go on to number three. Number three would be your alter ego or your that voice in your head. Yeah. Sometimes you have to listen to it and sometimes you have to make it shut up. <laughs> you really need to take heed to what you are hearing. Um, I did a YouTube video recently and it was about three things uh, that we should be doing now because we're all in preparation for the annual enrollment period. Right. And one of those things was to make sure that if we know there are some actions that we should take to take them, do not hesitate. So when that voice tells you, take that action, sit down, here's where your strategies come in. How are you going to go about taking that action? Do not allow your mind, your thoughts your inner thoughts to say to you, oh, I can't do that now, or I'm not capable of doing that, or my office isn't big enough, or I don't have a staff. Those are not things that you listen to when you self-talk at all. Those are just not those kind. That's not the type self-talk that you want to hear from yourself because you're a positive, affluent entrepreneur and this is what you're telling everybody else. So this is what you have to tell yourself. Don't listen to that alter ego that tells you that you're not capable. You don't have enough knowledge. You're not in the right place. It's not the right time. If the idea came to you and you know that it works, take some steps to take action to accomplish that activity. Yeah, no, I mean, that's brilliant. I, I actually call that the negative Ned and negative Nelly. And those are those uh, voices in your head. And it's ironically, humans have significantly more negative thoughts than positive naturally. And you have to remember back in the day, uh, you know, we have to go back a long time, but you're sort of <laughs> thinking, is that cyber two, saber two tiger going to eat me? You know, what do I have to right. do? I mean, right. yeah, negative right. thoughts helped you survive. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and that also does create these patterns of thought distortions of um, of building your own self-limiting beliefs and just adding more bricks to them instead of breaking it down and going, OK, 
well, what's the worst thing can, that can happen if I try this? You know, okay, I, it's an utter failure, but I'm going to learn a whole bunch of things and I'll know what to do better next time. Most likely mm -hmm. it's going to be rough and it's going to be rocky and it's not going to be perfect, but I'm going to be able to accomplish this. Or in the best case, I'm actually going to think this through and plan it and I'm actually going to, it won't be perfect because perfection is overrated, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to actually accomplish this and I'm going to be able to do it so much better even the next time, but I'm going to, it's going to return business to me. It's going to position me better, whatever it happens to be. And so yes. um, I think that your mindset and how you approach things, um, I personally love affirmations. Um, I had a friend, Chelsea, who got me hooked onto those. And what I do every morning when I get up is I still use one affirmation and it's, there are so many things I get to do today because it immediately frames my whole day in the positive because I get to do these things. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the whole day is ready for me. Instead of saying, because I used to say, I have so much I have to do. And I just turn that around. And the other thing you can do is you start to work on things. So when I first started out, I wasn't used to doing live podcasts and virtual, being on other people's shows. I was on your show. Um, and in fact, my first guest podcast was cringeworthy. But what I did is I still tried. I stepped out of that comfort zone and I created yeah. an affirmation for myself that mm -hmm. this is a skill I can learn. Okay. Yes. And it is. It's a skill I can learn. And, you know. Once and again, you get I'm better and perfect. better with these. Yes, and I get better and better, better with more natural. And, and now I'm completely comfortable in this space. But it took right. a while, okay? And that's the other thing is recognizing that it's not going to happen overnight. There is all that hard work that's behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And uh, anybody who ever wants to know, I challenge you to go back to my first appearance, which is on our website, because it was truly cringeworthy. <laughs> You know, oh, that's really what like, you, how you like, feel about like it. Like a four-year difference, right? And it's like, wow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are we on? I think we're on four now. We're on four, but you know okay. what? Doing this one actually segues into what may be number five in the book, and then I'll come back to number four. Oh, and number five is, uh, it just isn't necessary to reinvent the wheel. It really isn't. You know, we there are new things out here. Don't get me wrong. Uh, technology has brought us so, so far. And there's so many things that we can do and so many ways that we can work more efficiently now. But what sales boils down to and sales strategies boil down to is you must get in front of people. How you do that is your choice and you need to take the time to actually pay attention to the last uh, step that we were talking about. I was talking about take the action when you need to, but also keep the results because that's how you can use those steps that you can improve upon them. You can see which pieces of those steps worked best, which did not work so well. For us in the Medicare business, we do a lot of different marketing efforts. Uh, we do events, we do community events, 
We do podcasts. We do a lot of different things to get in front of people. So over time, you need to really watch and measure all of those activities. Look and learn from others and what they're doing well. Choose the things that work best for you. Find the niche, and that's the the other one. The number, the fifth one is find the right niche for yourself. You know, I have agents who sell nothing but life insurance, and then I have I, I am associated with clients who sell nothing but Medicare, and some of them don't even work the full year. They just work during the annual enrollment period, and that's fine. If that works for them, that's great. That's wonderful. I'm happy for them. So if you're a Medicare agent and you're working the annual enrollment period, uh, and that's only from October 15th to December 7th, this is the period that you may make 40% to 100% of your income. So during that time, and this is the final tip for you, you need to really target that niche that is your niche. Yes, there are plenty of people who are Medicare eligible, but you have all types of people in all different communities, different products, different areas to work, different reasons why one person may want one product and another, but keep tabs of the activities that you've been doing so that you can drill down to those activities that best serve you and your business. Yeah, no, I mean, that's absolutely, that's a great suggestion. And it is really important to, you know, we, and we do that periodically because we'll learn that this has been really working well. And then um, we learn that something else now has really taken off. And because you will, um, uh, things just change. It changes constant, right? It's like who moved my cheese? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right, also, right. You've got to pay attention to those things, so then you can pivot on your uh, uh, and and sometimes to your point also about technology, new things become available that mm-hmm. it's not like um, you have to adopt everything, but some things will either give us make things more effective or efficient or more engaging. Uh, there's once again, it's um, you know, keeping your options open and being ready to look at new opportunities uh, so that you can embrace them. And I I love these five. I mean, this is so incredible. And I really, Faye, I want to tell you, I would love to have you back on the show so we can sort of dive into what's going on now, um, really uh, based on, you know, the year that we went through with COVID and coming out of that post-pandemic and what things are looking like. W- would you like to come back? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to because things have changed for us. Um, actually, in a good way for everyone who was able to adapt. And that that's something that we all need to do. You have to be able to pivot. Yes. You have to be able to pivot. When you're able to pivot and change directions, um, and that's another thing in one of my YouTube videos, I said, you know, uh, think about if you're going down Main Street and there is construction, there's going to be a sign that says detour. 
and you're going to detour and that detour is going to take you left or right and then you go over a couple streets and then you're going to head in the same direction that you were going and it's going to bring you right back to main street so as my tip my final tip as a sales strategist is don't ever ever give up if you hit that detour don't stop the car get out of the car and start to walk stay in the car follow the detour get back on the main track and keep going do not give up <laughs> absolutely there's you know there's things that you can you can once again you can pivot and you can change sometimes the detour gives you presents you fresh opportunities that you never knew absolutely. were there if you hadn't followed that path um, right. And so and sometimes you, I mean, because so you can take a detour and discover that that really is the right path that you you were meant to be on. So, um, mm -hmm. wow, that was that's a perfect way to close out our conversation. And Faye, we are definitely going to get back and have another. Conversation. Oh, we will. We I'm will. looking forward and, to it. Yeah. And so I thank you so much for identifying the five things that are killing share sales and sharing how to overcome them. And I know our listeners are going to want to know how and where they can find out more about you. Probably the easiest, most simplest thing. Remember, I'm Faye and I sell Medicare plans. So you're going to find me on Facebook. I sell Medicare plans. You'll find me on that's my website. Uh, www. I sell Medicare plans, and that's also my podcast. I sell Medicare plans. Any <laughs> one of those places, you'll get all you need to know about Faye and how to reach me. And I will be here to help anyone. There's a 30-minute discovery call on the website that is complimentary. So I would like to get people in the direction of going where they want to be. So take advantage of it. Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. And if you don't mind, and I hope it's, this is not out of line, I would love to have you back as well. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do that because it's so what's really unique about our whole conversation is uh, with the, the, you know, your, your, the five the five things that are killing your sales. I actually, when I look at like the seven deadly sins of sales, I have a I came at it from a completely different approach. Uh, so it's 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 like. Wow. I mean, when you're having this conversation, I love that, you know, you take that paradigm and you just put it on its axis and you give it a little spin. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's like, this is all. Yes, yes, yes. yes, and, yes. And, you know, it's it's great. So um, this has been such a great discussion. And for our audience, um, if you have ideas that you would like to share, please, you can leave us a comment. Um, we love hearing from you. And if you would like to suggest a topic for discussion or you have a specific question, uh, you can email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. And of course, uh, to stay current with all of our insightful advice and our breakthrough advantages, the resources we offer, you can sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitequeen.com. Faye, it's been such a pleasure. I'm looking forward to round two. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.